0: We're sitting here and talking John about. Have been soccer.
1: talking about playoff scenarios in soccer.
0: And Tim Donahue charged with assault after yeah, the hammer. Yeah. I here. Let me let me read you the story.
1: Is he or in like, prison? I thought he was in prison.
0: It's about to be. Um, according to man, that's a, first of all, that's a great name for a county. According to Manatee County Sheriff's Department records, Donahue appeared at a house at Bradent- Bradenton, Florida, on Monday night looking for his 19-year-old daughter. Saying he believed she was using drugs with a friend at that home, typical dad stuff. Yeah. He got into an argument. That's the article <laughs> says. He got into an argument with his daughter in the street in front of the home, and when the owner came out to see what was going on, Donahue allegedly wielded the hammer and told the man if he came any closer, he was going to hit him with it. According to the probable cause affidavit. Well,
2: damn.
0: So my my question I, is: when you're going to stop your daughter from doing drugs at a house, why do you take a hammer?
1: You know, I guess in his mind he thought, well, I can't bring a gun because that's obviously a bad idea. Maybe yes. if I bring a hammer, I can say, you know, I was here to fix the you know, the door frame or I don't know, you know. I mean, it's he's like, crazy enough to chase people down in in somebody else's house, so I don't know what was going through his head, but I guess like yeah, it's like
0: maybe I can use this as a weapon, but it's not a weapon. It's not a weapon, yeah. Plus,
1: I mean, I don't know about Shut you, the if I'm, yeah, if I'm, if I'm there and I see a guy and he has, you know, just for an example, a knife. Okay. I know he's going to try to defend himself, but you have to be a special kind of crazy to bring a hammer. Like, yeah, nobody does that. I feel like you can bring like a pocket knife and kind of uh,
0: accomplish the same thing. Yeah, and but not look a-, look a little psychotic. Yeah.
2: Hello, welcome to Fourth and Short Podcast, your special hey John. Christmas oh. edition <laughs> with Brian Beversloosh, your host, and Bradley Smith and John D Long, as they rudely tried to interrupt my intro. <laughs> but I powered through it. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: It's like riding a bike; you don't forget how to power through an interruption of an introduction.
1: Yeah, you're damn I, right. I gotta I give, you I gotta give you props. I got to give you props. You handled it well.
0: I do want to I do want to something that reminded me, though, when we were waiting for you to start the show, Brian, um, I, I did one other podcast as a guest after something I wrote for at the hive. Sorry, Brad. And um, the guy was like catching me off guard, how fast he went. He's like, all right, I'm going to count us down. We're going to go right in the show. All right. One, two, three. Hello. Welcome to the. And then we and then he messed up. He's like, Sorry, we're going to do that again. All right. One, two, three. Hello. Welcome. I'm like, Oh, my God. I'm not ready. You're just so fast. Yeah, I, I hate I people who do that. I felt very overwhelmed. I, I, it was, it was not the same environment as this podcast.
2: You mean? So want start
0: off a quick little aned- anecdote to, to get you guys into the, into the show.
2: You mean when we're very conversational and just kind of let things flow and mm-hmm. all that jazz? Yeah.
0: I felt like I was in a job interview.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've been on those kind of podcasts and they just like rapid fire questions at you. So yeah, I can mm-hmm. totally do that.
0: Yeah, and it's like the moment I like started my last word of my sentence, it's like he knew I was finishing my sentence and he like started asking the next question. And it was it was it was it was tough. I felt like I was in a race. Like I had to answer as fast as he was asking questions.
2: Hmm. Well that's
0: interesting. <laughs> anyway, so Buccaneers, anyway, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So before we even get into this specific matchup, this weekend in general is a very big time weekend for the NFC South. I mean, the Panthers play the Bucks. If they win, they're in the playoffs where the Saints and Falcons play each other as well. And neither neither one of, none of the top three teams in the NFC South have really gained a whole lot of leverage on winning the, winning the division yet.
0: I also just want to point out, we, we can also tie and guarantee and clinch a playoff uh, spot.
1: Any any non loss gets us in. I
2: swear to God, if we tied the Buccaneers, I will be so <laughs> furious.
0: I think it'd be kind of funny, but um, yeah. it, it's interesting because we're the only division that has two divisional games this week. So we're the only division that has back to like all four teams playing each other. Uh, in the last two, like both weeks in the last two weeks, That's a pretty big. Uh, it's a pretty big playoff-affecting swing, like, like stretch of games. Especially with, like, the Buccaneers and Falcons also playing last week. Like, the Buccaneers have three straight divisional matchups. Damn, that sucks for them. <laughs> Especially when you're bad and the rest of your division is
1: good? Oh, boy. Well, see, that's the thing. They get to play spoiler, and they're probably gonna be, like, extra motivated. Because not All they could take two level. of us out if they really, really tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could knock us in.
0: Well, yeah, they can't really knock the Falcons out anymore, can they? Like they're out of that.
1: No, they can knock us and the Saints out of the division, though.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, they could like if they could, if give, they, they, they if could they... give
1: Atlanta the division title.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they'd be so satisfied with that. Yeah, I think it does. It does serve to have some satisfaction, even if like it helps somebody else. That's a quote unquote rival it is kind of a in a loss season i think there's some sense of accomplishment if you just knock somebody down a peg even if the person that you elevate is somebody else you're competing with
1: yeah cuz i mean if you look at it from their perspective they they do help one rival but they take out two rivals so it mm. kind of you know it's a it, net win. it's a net win which they haven't seen very many of this year <laughs> uh, the only downside to them doing that is it takes them from you know, like what fifth pick somewhere in there down to like ninth or 10th. So they lose a little bit of value in the draft, but I don't think they care that much about that right now.
0: Well, the people that are trying, that are like out there on the field definitely don't care.
1: So. Well, and the, the people they yeah. have left, there aren't very many of those. Yeah, Yeah. Why am I going to help you draft somebody to replace
0: me? Exactly. That's what I've never understood about people talking about like, an NFL team should tank, or they should try to tank. Like it's not like other sports. Like it's it, players are much more have a much shorter career span than in other sports. Like they are setting up the team for to acquire their immediate replacements if they lose games.
2: Yeah, exactly. On top of that, you're less likely to draw free agents if you've won one game in the last two seasons. So yeah, like
0: who's who's signing with like the Browns right now? Like the Jaguars did all right, but like. Like the it's, Jets
2: have a the Jets are a team where like I feel like a free agent who wants to make money but still might try to win would rather sign with the Jets than would with the Brown with the with the Browns, despite the fact that their rosters are relatively similar.
0: Yeah. Because
2: the Jets were actually kind of competitive at times this year.
0: Yeah, you you see potential there. Yeah. So But yeah, I read we something
1: earlier today about Cleveland, speaking of the Browns. They have a historically dominant run defense. Yeah, I've it, seen that. It's like they're they're giving up an average of like 3.3 3 yards a carry, and the the graph that they showed, the other four teams that gave up less than that either won the Super Bowl or played in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, you know, you see like number one, it's 3.19 or whatever, and it says season result, one Super Bowl. The next one, you know, 3.2, whatever. Season result, you know, lost Super Bowl, won Super Bowl, lost Super Bowl. And then they you show Cleveland, and it says 0-14. Like, <laughs> And it just – I don't understand it because, you know, I made this point in our Slack group earlier today. How can you be that good against the run in the NFL and not accidentally win at least one game? Like, you know, so, I still a
2: couple games left. They
1: might, they might,
0: they might do it. They, um, it's because of their turnovers.
1: Yeah. They're just, they're awful. I mean, they're, they're awful on offense. Hugh Jackson is arguably the worst head coach in the last 20 years. Um, they can't defend the pass. And I think they can't defend the pass because everybody just throws on them. Like nobody even tries to run the ball. Cause there's no point. Well, it's kind
0: of like the thing I, that I was gonna write like during the I was gonna write during like week six, and then I was like, I'll wait till the bye week, and I'm just gonna wait till the offseason. Where I think in today's NFL, um, being effective running the ball and stopping the run doesn't seem like it's that important anymore. And Cleveland's kind of a walking example of that.
1: Yeah. Well, why why would you try to run the ball against Cleveland when you can throw six and seven yeah. yard slants all day and like, you know, just move the ball down the field that way? So yeah, but yeah, it just it it doesn't make sense that they're that terrible.
0: You know who else is up there with, near the top of the list with them in turnovers? It's the Tampa
1: Bay Buccaneers. Oh really? Yeah, they've turned the ball over twenty eight times this year. Wow, that could bode well for us because we're starting to get turnovers.
0: We have forced what I say fourteen turnovers in our last seven games. After Something forcing, like that, Yeah, I think five forced, in the first
2: seven. Yeah, they only forced seven in the first. Few
0: games. Yeah. Well, Once it's family. funny because it started with our first meeting with the Buccaneers. We had, we forced three turnovers all at the hands of Jameis Winston. And since that game, we've, uh, that kind of seemed like we got our mojo back in the turnover department.
2: Maybe. Hopefully it
0: doesn't come full circle and end with this game, but.
2: Maybe Daryl Worley and uh, James Bradbury will continue to match each other for interceptions. I'm a huge fan of that.
0: I I, I like the strategy.
2: So. Yeah. Speaking of that, I guess we'll start with the defense since we're talking about turnovers. But mm-hmm. I really like what Carolina's defense has been doing with um, getting the ball out faster. Now that the corners are actually making plays on the ball, because it's giving them chances to not not only make interceptions but just knock the ball down when it's a poorly thrown pass or it's thrown too quickly. And it seems like that what James Bradbury and Daryl Worley do well fit better with this kind of defense than they did with Sean McDermott.
0: Yeah, we definitely seem to be... I think we've also gotten a little better in the luck department because it definitely seems like the errant throws we've been forcing are actually kind of landing in the vicinity of our players now. And that's not to take any credit away from Bradbury and Worley. They've also been in much better position. And I know Bradbury in particular has... Well, Worley too. Bradbury in particular was really bad about Uh, sticking to the guy he was covering and then not finding the ball in flight so he could get his hand there and knock it away but he wasn't in any position to actually catch the ball
2: right and this week is is certainly going to be despite the Bucks struggles with injuries they still have to face Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans at least and possibly Cameron Bray
0: we might not Deshaun Jackson, um, I guess now he says he's expected to play. I saw he didn't practice yesterday. Yeah, I didn't but... see any
2: indication that wasn't. Suppo- I didn't. I didn't see any indication that either one of them wasn't going to play. But Cameron Brait still kind of questionable. But yeah, Deshaun so you
0: know. Jackson, it says it's probable, which well, it's not a thing anymore. But he, yeah, it says both of them are expected to play. But they, I must, they I'm guessing right. they'll be a bit hobbled.
2: Yeah. Mike Evans should be a big target in the game, especially if Bray is even 50% if he actually plays. Like, Evans should be the primary target. So that'll be a key matchup for the defensive backs because Worley and Bradbury should match up, up well with him, but he's still one of the best receivers in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we norm- we tend to do handle those kind of receivers better, like the big
1: physical guys better than we
0: handle the fast yeah, guys. The-
1: yeah, the speedy slot guys are the ones that really get to us. Yeah, like if it
0: was against like Antonio, well, he kills everybody. But like Ty Hilton would concern me more than Mike Evans, even though Mike Evans is probably the better player.
1: Right. Yeah, it seems like the only big tall receiver we struggle with is Julio Jones. But he's also got the speed factor. Yeah, he's also got the speed factor. He's
2: also in the conversation for one of the best receivers of all time at this point, too.
0: Yeah. Maybe Um, I don't know, but I'm not ready to say all time, but he's he's definitely very, very good. He's definitely one of the best receivers. I can't say all
1: time, but he's one of the best receivers of the last ten years.
0: speaking of all time, I don't wanna I'll just be real quick. Is Antonio Brown the best wide receiver ever? No. Is Jerry Rice still better? Yes. Yes. Do you think Jerry Rice would be as good as he was now?
1: I think Jerry Rice is a thousand-yard receiver right now. I mean, he's what fifty. <laughs> I really do believe that if New England signed Jerry Rice right now, they could get a thousand yards out of him.
0: It's just something that's interesting exactly. to me because the the
1: game, well, because the game changes so
0: much so quickly, where like even compared to the '90s, it just seems so much faster and so much more t- like technical. Like if if it oh, it just seems like players just always seem to improve from era to era, like as a whole. Well, so it's, it's interesting to see how players, it's interesting to think how players would translate into the future.
1: Yeah, well, one thing that would benefit Jerry Rice that wouldn't benefit Antonio Brown, like if you switch them, they can't hit Jerry Rice the same as they could back when he was in his prime. It's a solid point. So he could, he could play a slot receiver role and get open easier because they couldn't light him up over the middle. Um yeah. Now I, I do think that Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. I do not believe it is close. I do not believe anyone else is even in the conversation.
0: Remember looking if Antonio Brown plays with any sort of longevity relative to Jerry Rice, he has a an, an outside shot of making it to those numbers.
1: Yeah, I now yeah, that's and the thing is is I can't I can't call him the best ever now because he hasn't mm-hmm. played long enough. But if he plays another 10 years and continues to produce you know with the the natural expected decline that you'll see from a receiver that plays 10 years, uh, mm. I do believe he'll take over best ever. I think he has the potential yeah, because the dude is stupid good,
0: <laughs> yeah he has like 1300 yards and 12 touchdowns and it's a down year anyway um but all that to say, I'm not too scared of Mike Evans.
1: I think the thing
0: that I thought was surprising is that over half of their touchdown passes this year have gone to tight ends.
1: Yeah, most of them are Cameron Brait, right? It's six yeah. for
0: Brait, six for Howard, and then Luke Stocker got one before he was let go. Oh, okay. I didn't realize That's... they were using O.J. Howard that much. Well, if you remember from the beginning of the year, he just only caught it when nobody was on the same like on the screen with him. Yeah. I think his first three touchdowns, all of them, he was completely uncovered, but I guess he's actually getting real touchdowns now. But he's out. He's out for the year.
1: Yeah, he's on injured reserve,
0: along with ha- over. Uh, along he's among the
1: fifteen, <laughs>
0: along with sixty percent of their starting offensive line. And right. I think that's all on the offensive side. Yeah, but that's still a lot. That's not a small percentage. No, yeah, they got screwed by injuries
2: this year. How worried are we about Peyton Barber on Sunday?
1: Not, not. I'm. I want to say I'm not, but you know, we tend to let running backs that shouldn't beat us beat us. I, I agree. I, mean, I just don't.
0: Peyton Barber's not explosive, is he?
1: I don't think he's explosive, but you know we. We we tend to give up big runs, like, and I think that I think the unfamiliarity might like we let Mark Ingram beat the crap out of us. So I just I mean, Mark Ingram
2: was beating the crap out of most teams this year.
1: Though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, I don't I don't think he's going to run for two hundred or anything. But I I do think that he's going to break free. He's going to get a couple of fifteen, twenty yard runs that are going to really frustrate us.
0: We have been susceptible to that lately. We've been good about it's like every it's kind of like an all or nothing thing. It seems like we either stuff everything behind the line or it gets into the secondary. We give up like ten yards. Yeah, so we're not like a, we're not getting nickel and dimed in the run game.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be on third and eight. We're going to give up fifteen yards.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm fine if the Buccaneers they try to run it on third and eight. Peyton um, Barber ran a 4-6-4-40, four, four, so he's not fast. Um he just to me he just seems like I don't know you're like replacement level running back. I mean I haven't gotten to watch him an extended amount to know if I might be completely wrong, but he's averaging 4 yards a carry. His long for the season's 19 yards. Okay. Yeah. Eh. Okay, I Are you worried it, uh, about Peyton Barber Brian. What's that? Are you worried about Peyton Barber?
2: I mean, I'm personally not, but like you said, whenever Carolina faces a subpar running back, they seem to get some carries that go far. I think it's just a matter of the game plan not really respecting the running game more so than anything because when I mean, we played the Vikings, I mean, the Vikings have a good running game, and the Panthers, for the most part, shut that down.
0: Mm-hmm. What were you saying, Brad?
1: Oh, uh, I, I thought we had moved on. I was going to say, I looked it up. Here is the list of Tampa Bay players who are on injured reserve. <clears throat> Uh, defensive end Noah Spence Offensive tackle DeMar Dotson Center Ali Marpe um, Safety Justin Evans Linebacker Darius Glanton Former Panther Cornerback Vernon Hargreaves Tight end OJ Howard Guard J.R. Sweezy And there's one other one That's not on here for some reason
0: But that's a lot I have I have the list right here There's a couple other ones I'm not going to go through the whole list. You pretty yeah, much nailed them. The big ones for us on the offensive side of the ball are DeMar Dotson, who's their starting tackle, or was their starting tackle. Allie, I guess it's Marpe. I just I read it as Marpet. I think it's uh,
1: Marpe, but Muppet sounds better. <laughs> Allie Muppet. <laughs> Allie um,
0: Muppet. Was their starting center. Um, and J.R. Sweezy was their starting guard. So that's one from all three positions, center guard tackle, uh, all out for the year. O.J. Howard out for the year at tight end and then Cameron Brayton and Deshaun Jackson are both hobbled. On This is just on the offensive side of the ball. So, I do want to
2: point out, too, DeMar Dotson used to shut Charles Johnson down in his prime against the Bucks. So yeah. that's, that's a big loss for them.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah, and so it's it's not great. It's James He's He got sacked seven times against the Packers. It's been a little better the last two weeks, but I don't think the Lions and Falcons have... Super potent passages,
1: What it tells me is we better hope that we're ready for that running back because he's the only option they have. <laughs> he's,
0: he's one of the only people left on, their side of, on that side of the he's ball. He's one
1: of the only people left on that side of the ball. So they're going to basically have three plays they can run. Uh, it's going to be Blitz. Barber, um, Mike Evans, and I would imagine Deshaun Jackson's going to play even if he's yeah, he hobbled. Does, yeah. But, you know, that – they don't have a lot.
0: Um, don't forget, they do have Doug Martin, who's bad, but
1: he's oh well, there. yeah, they have Doug Martin. He he always seems to do well against us for some strange reason. He's last in the
0: NFL in yards per carry right now, and he just missed the Monday night game for a, a disciplinary reason that Dirt Cutter won't reveal. Huh. What is it with Doug Martin? He seems like he has like a great year. And then he just like falls off the face of the earth for like two. And then I, coincidentally enough, when he's up for a new contract, he goes off again. Yeah, it's kind of weird.
1: So it's weird how that works.
0: But right now we seem to be getting the uh, hibernating muscle hamster.
1: He hates it when you call him muscle hamster.
0: Yeah, he's not going to hear this.
1: <laughs> you don't know. He might listen to it. Why? Why would you hate that? That's such a great nickname. It is an awesome nickname. I don't
0: understand it either. I would love it if people called me a muscle hamster. It's it's
2: called call the your Napoleon complex, boys. <laughs> it's called the Napoleon complex.
0: I guess it's the hamster part. No, yeah. legit.
2: Like short people do not like when you call them short, even in an endearing way. I'm a tall person. I'm six foot three. Even when I try to tell someone who's short that you know, like. Like my one friend, I have a friend who's like five foot nine. And I try to. I was like, "Oh, you're like really ripped for a short person," and he got really <laughs> mad about the fact that I called him short. So. Well, he's, he's not short. He's not That's kidding,
1: average but. height. You're being an <laughs> asshole.
2: <laughs> I mean, me being an asshole aside, I'm just saying he's short among my group of friends. You know what? Whatever.
0: Um, which is funny I'm because apparently Napoleon, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. Was not uh, short.
1: Yeah, that's one of the biggest historical inaccuracies that people say. Um, yeah. He wasn't short. He had bodyguards that were taller than him, so he looked short. Look, looking he was actually average
2: height. Maybe to you people he was tall. <laughs> he
0: was, yeah, I think... It wasn't he was like like this is getting way off the rails right now, but he was like five foot four or something, which was average height at the time, and it's short. Yeah, he was average
1: height. Now. He wasn't he would be short today, but he wasn't short back then. <laughs> That's what a short person would say.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not short, but you know, I don't know about Brad.
1: No, um, I'm average height. I'm five eleven and a half. I my, my my playing height is six foot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I really, for for the sake of for ease of uh use, I just rounded up to six feet for the. That, for that's the what I do.
1: Like I, on my driver's license and shit, I put six foot because it's easier. Yeah, yeah. Like no nobody's gonna come out with a tape. Like I'm not at the combine. Nobody's gonna come out. Well, you're only five eleven and three fourths. So you're not a good rider because you're not six feet. You know,
0: you're you're not at the combine yet. Yeah, yet. I'm still all for having a CSR staff combine. i I so badly want to do that
1: go for it eric Eric did it a couple years ago i mean i want all
0: of us to do it and just like see who's the most physically dominant of the writers
1: well i think we know the answer to that i think well i think we can eliminate some people
0: (laughs) i feel like eric is going to take the the strength
1: we might as well not even do the bench press because eric is going to win I don't know though. Like
0: he said last time, he did it to where like he went down to ninety degrees. Like he didn't touch his chest with it, and he did like twenty something. And I think if I if I do the same thing, I, I could I could maybe give him a run for his money if I start training. Yeah, we'll see. Training
2: I got Christian McCaffrey beat already. Here. It starts here, folks. For those of you <laughs> listening, we're going to start training for the for the CSR Combine.
0: <laughs> I'm, running, I'm running wind sprints with the parachute uh, starting tomorrow morning.
2: I actually have a parachute, oddly enough, so I might start doing that. <laughs>
0: so, moving on to <laughs> the Bucks. Defense. This is sidetrack episode of <laughs> For the Short of All Time.
1: Yeah, when you're listening to this, you can tell how seriously we're taking the Bucks game. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, it doesn't matter how serious we take it. As long as the team takes it serious, we'll serious, we'll be okay. We'll just dis- out, just outright dismiss them.
2: So... Justin Evans and Vernon Hargreaves, both starters for the Bucs defense, were ruled out on IR. Um, If I'm not mistaken, um, outside linebacker... uh, What's his name? Um, Darius Glenn. No. Well, yes, but he is on IR. No, the the one who's actually good for them. Um,
0: Levante David?
2: Yes, Levante David. He did not play the last game.
0: Um, Yes, he's got a hamstring injury. You're correct. He's questionable.
2: Yeah, so if he doesn't play... That puts the Bucks in a seriously bad situation as far as the run game goes and the pass game goes because Greg Olson has returned to form. Um, So, what do we think about Panthers' offense versus Bucks?
0: You also didn't mention Gerald McCoy is also questionable.
1: Yep.
2: Damn, they
0: (laughs) they (laughs) (laughs) their whole team is hurt. That sucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, as as a Buccaneers fan, I would be depressed right now because all of their good players, except for Jameis, are hurt. In some way, they're all hurt.
0: Yeah, they have like Jameis, Winston, and Mike Evans like the last two standing.
1: Yeah, and over the last seven games, since we're talking about the offense now, the Panthers are first in rushing with 174 yards a game. First in fewest interceptions, Cam has thrown two interceptions in his last uh, seven games. Third in red zone touchdown percentage at 71%. Fifth in scoring, 28.6 points per game. Second in turnover differential, plus nine. We turned our turnover differential around significantly over the last couple of weeks. Um, Third in takeaways with 14. Third in points off turnovers with 53. And tied for first in wins with six. So we're six and one over our last seven, and the the offense has woken up. Cam Newton is smiling and happy, and you know I I just don't think Tampa can stop us.
0: Especially when their two best defenders are ailing and may or may not play. If yeah, I feel like it's more than likely they won't play. Just you know for precautionary reasons because there's they have nothing to play for anyway.
1: Yeah, they have no secondary, and they're not. They might not have their best linebacker and their best defensive lineman.
0: And they just got gashed by Devontae Freeman on um on Monday night. I'm pretty sure. They did. So that yeah, the David and McCoy not being around is, is hurting them bad. They've been awful defending the pass all season to begin with. So now that they're down even even thinner in the secondary. I there's Greg Olson's about to have like he's going for that thousand yards right now.
1: Yeah, there's no excuse for us to not put up at least twenty-eight, thirty-one points. Get off your PlayStation. I'm sorry, I
2: hit the button by accident.
0: Um. Yeah, there's. It's. I it, like. I hate sounding like so uh, so dismissive. Like like this is such a given win, but like Tampa Bay, right now, is bad at just about everything. I, I mean, refuse to go ahead. I'm on a four game losing streak and one of those games was to the to Brett Hundley and the Packers. One of those losses.
2: I refuse to be positive about the Panthers ever since that Bears loss. I'm sorry. I just can't I good just teams,
0: can't. Good teams have bad losses. Like it, it's a thing that happens to teams sometimes. The Never Steelers I- also lost to the Bears.
2: Ever since I've been down on the Panthers after that loss, they've been playing really well. So I'm going to continue to be down on them because I'm sure that has
0: everything to do with the Panthers. Yeah, you're the now. reason will, we're winning now, Brian.
2: I will gladly sacrifice my credibility as a podcaster for the Panthers
0: to win. So that's that's, that's where I'm at. The moment you believe, there's just it's just going to be like a, a switch is going to flip in the locker room. And everybody's like, "Why are we suddenly not so confident?" They only yeah. thing. <laughs> but I'm trying to only pull up their box score against the Falcons. They, I, I, I didn't get to watch much. How do they keep it close with Atlanta?
2: They, I didn't watch
1: it. it, So I don't know.
2: Atlanta put it out. It was a close game from like the start. And I think a lot of it had to do with just the Falcons screwing up on offense. Mm Um, the Falcons appeared to put it out of reach with, like, less than, I want to say, three minutes on the clock. And then the Bucks came out and scored real quickly and put it within reach. And then the Falcons went conservative, ended up having to punt, and the Bucks missed a field goal to tie the game. It was a 54-yard field goal, which is certainly Excellent. not a favorable situation to put your kicker in, but one where you could, you know, logically expect a guy to make the kick 75% of the time and he could do it, so...
0: Yeah, but it's also Tampa Bay, and their kickers just – they just can't find a good kicker to save their lives right now. This is true. But, yeah, I, just, I guess they limit Matt Ryan in their passing game well enough, which is surprising given how much they've been just hemorrhaging yards to the air. But then uh, the Falcons had 200 yards rushing. So, with how we've been running the ball, Matt Ryan had three carries for 29 yards. Cam Newton should have 75 in a touchdown maybe.
2: Well, the best part is for us is that the the Bucks really have a bunch of nondescript defensive ends. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't anybody on that team that scares me on their de- on their defensive line as far as the ends go. So,
0: no, it what I mean,
2: would have. But
0: uh, never mind. I was gonna say Quan Alexander. He's a linebacker. I thought he rushed the passer more, but nah, I was incorrect.
2: He's, he's more of a TD Luke Kuechly type yeah. there than anything. So, so well, yeah. I just, oh
0: no, I was just going to say, I mean, I just, I'm not, there's, as bad as it sounds, I just don't know what the Buccaneers have to stop anything we have on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Like, we've been getting pressure on the quarterbacks. Their offensive line is wounded, and Jameis Winston prefers to throw it deep, which means he's holding on to the ball longer than normal. And we we tend to sack him a lot and turn him over a lot. So yeah, I just he don't likes know to where. throw to us. Yeah, we've, we, he has more interceptions to the Panthers than anybody else, which I know we play him more than anybody else, but. Um, I think his interception like rate is probably the highest among teams he's played multiple times. So he's started nine interceptions against the Panthers in like five games. Jesus, and he's also fumbled twice. So he's got eleven turnovers in five games against the Panthers. And we've sacked him like three times a game. It's it's we have he doesn't have a good history against us, and we are trending up. They're trending down, and their defense isn't really good enough to make up for that difference. I don't think.
2: All right. We had a guest to,
0: to uh, confirm or deny these expectations we have.
2: Shame. It's a real shame. We
0: tried, tried, guys. To just wanna, I just want to say that. We'll Remember have guests lazy. for
2: you next week, though. We will. We'll have guests. Um, so let's get on to the scoring predictions. So, Brad, I'll start with you. What's your scoring prediction for Panthers versus Bucks? And like like we know, the Panthers are at home against the Bucks.
1: I believe that we're gonna do better this time than we did last time. last time was the the game that we won seventeen three but it felt like a loss because we played so terrible like um I don't think that's gonna happen this time I think because we're at home uh because Tampa has so many players out uh you know and even especially if Gerald McCoy and Levante David don't play. I think that the game is almost a foregone conclusion, even though you're not supposed to really say that. Um, But I I think this is a game that we win something like 31-10.
2: John, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much what Brad said. We've dominated them the first time defensively. Our offense has started to click a lot better since that time uh, while they've all been dropping like flies. And – I don't necessarily know how badly they want to win this game. It doesn't really do them any good um, I think like thirty four like seventeen, and I think most of those seventeen will be late in the game like I think it'll be like twenty eight to three at one point and then it'll be like they'll go like fourteen to six. The buccaneers win the fourth quarter like fourteen to six
2: fair so as I mentioned earlier, I'll give my pessimist take because I refuse to go away from it after the Bears game. Um, Little
0: devil's advocate in the room.
2: So this is a playoff game for the Bucks. In fact, this is probably this between this and the Falcon or I shouldn't say the Falcons, the Saints game. This, these are their playoff games. Like they have the ability to play to play spoiler and really screw up the NFC South if they, if they can Um so I think that even though they're missing so many players, they're gonna we're gonna get their best shot. And I expect a twenty-four to twenty-one win by the Bucks because their kicker won't miss the field goal this time.
0: I know you don't actually believe that. No, do. you don't. You're it,
1: just do. you're just trying to cancel out the the bad curse. You don't believe that. <laughs> you're Ever just, since you're the trying Bears, to I don't people.
2: know what to believe anymore. Ever since that stupid ass Bears game, I don't I'll, know what I'll tell you is.
0: something that you can believe since that Bears game. We've gone 6 and 1 with only loss being in New Orleans since that Bears game.
2: And fun fact, the Panthers are 21 and 2 without Kevin Be- Kelvin Benjamin since 2015.
0: I love sharing those stats. It's not as I much, know. it's not as fun anymore since the Bills have kind of turned it around. But like the first three games he was there, I love sharing like, yeah, the Bills are 0-3 since they acquired Benjamin. The Panthers are 3-0, and even though Kelvin Benjamin played like half of one game of those three. Yeah. But I mean, I do think there's something to that, though. I do think it opens up our offense.
1: It does. I, I've been against having both him and Funches the whole time. I mean, it just they're the same guy. And I'm glad we kept Funches because I think he long term has the, the opportunity to be better. I have
0: any bold predictions. I'm not going to make a bold prediction, but I have a, a hypothetical for you guys.
1: Yeah, I'll I make a bold John- prediction. Go, go for I it. I'll let Brian go first.
2: I think Jonathan Stewart scores two touchdowns against the Bucks.
1: That's not very bold. No, that's not very bold. <laughs> I was going to say I think Brenton Burson scores two touchdowns against the Bucs. He, oh. he stole your take.
0: Oh,
2: I mean, that would only make sense since Damier Byrd scored two touchdowns. Damier Byrd
1: did it last week, so Burson <laughs> has to, to get back in the game. So
0: I think Christian McCaffrey will rush for 100 yards not really bad. for the first time in his career. He's averaged five yards a carry over the past six games, and... He had 12 carries for 63 against Green Bay. We might actually be starting to swing the offensive, you know, the the offense in his favor. So maybe if he gets 15 carries, he breaks a long run. He get that first three yard game. I think.
1: Fair. Could happen.
2: All right. So, do we have any other uh, any other thoughts, takes that we want to add into this before we depart for the weekend?
0: Merry Christmas. Or whatever holiday you celebrate. Happy, Happy holidays.
2: holidays. Yeah, way to be pleasant right there. I buddy. fixed
0: it. I fixed it. well, it is Christmas this weekend. If you celebrate Hanukkah, you already had Hanukkah. Happy late Hanukkah. Happy Great. early Kwanzaa.
1: I'm gonna pitch our t-shirt. If you still want a hat game t-shirt, the link is on Cat Scratch Reader. They're twenty-five dollars. Unless you need a, a larger size, then they go up to twenty-six dollars. They're great. I got mine in the mail the other day. It's a high-quality shirt. You know, it, it's cool. Everything, you know, it, it's legitimate. Like, it's not a scam or anything like that. Uh, even though it has Cam Newton on it, it's not a scam. Um, nice. nice. But, you know, go buy one. I do actually
2: have a addendum to our last episode where I said that we shipped to the wrong address, and that was, like I said, totally my oh, fault. Oh, yeah.
0: Let's hear the update. So
2: I emailed them, breaking tea, and said, hey, I accidentally sent this to the wrong address because it pre-filled my old address. Should I wait for the package to be returned? What should I do? And the next day, they got back to me and said, hey, your package was, re- was rejected by the current residents, so free of charge, we're you going to send the shirt back. We're going to gonna send you a new shirt, since the old one is on its way, you should get it before Christmas. And I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, their customer service was on point with that. Like, they di- they didn't even just come back and say, "Hey, this is what we have to wait for." They had a resolution right away, and I was very appreciative of that. So, great organization on their part. I was very happy with that. Shout out to April from Breaking Tea because she was the one who facilitated that. So, yeah, great site. If you screw up your order, they'll they'll work with you.
0: How nice of them to fix your mistake. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Also, donate. I was going to say, yeah, donate to Thomas Davis's charity.
1: Yes, please donate. I know a lot of people see it. I ask every day on Cat Scratch Reader and on Twitter, please donate so I can stop asking for donations. (laughs) Um, You know, share it on Facebook. I understand if you can't give, you know, it's Christmas time it's you know money's tight i get it if you can give please do if you can't ask somebody else to give it's thomas davis
0: Just sharing is just about as good as donating for yourself
2: damn right it is the more eyes that see it the more likely people are to donate so mm-hmm. if you can't share if you can't or i should say if you can't donate please share get the eyes out there get, get more viewers out there we'll, we'll certainly get We'll certainly take all the views we can get at the very least. So, But from all of us here at CSR Podcasts, this is Brian, Brad, and John signing off. You guys have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you after the holiday on hopefully Tuesday after the Panthers hopefully beat the Bucks, despite my pessimistic take. But
0: It'll it probably be wait. Wednesday because we have to record Tuesday night because Monday night's Christmas night. Yeah. The next Wednesday.
2: The next time we record, how about that? <laughs> um,
0: It'll be yeah. next week.
2: You'll you'll hear from us at some point next week. I'll put it that way. All right. But anyway, from all of us here at Fourth Resort Podcast, enjoy your holiday. We appreciate your viewership. Have a good one. Good tidings for Christmas and a happy new year We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year